Dogs As They Are is the first ebook from Canine Nation. It is a look at our dog's biology, ethology, and the ways our dogs try to fit into our very human world. It's available at most online booksellers, and there is more information on how you can get it at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, November 27th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. World-Class Dog Behaviors Watching the recent Summer Olympics was one of those guilty pleasures for me. Sneaking off to catch a look at kayaking or track and field is something I only get the chance to do once every four years. It's inspiring to see the best athletes in the world competing in their chosen sports, win or lose. To develop skills to a high enough level to compete at the Olympic Games is more than most of us can hope to achieve. But strip away the human drama and the athlete's story, and what you have left is learned behavior, whether it is sprinting, paddling a kayak, or performing a high jump. It might be difficult to explain how Olympic gold medal sprinter Usain Bolt developed his incredible speed and skills. It might be even more complicated to explain how he managed to repeat his gold medal performances in the 100 and 200 meter sprints from the previous Olympic Games in 2008. But Bolt himself credits the encouragement and inspiration of his high school track coach, Lorna Thorpe. Oscar Pistorius of South Africa did not win a gold medal at the 2012 Olympics. But Pistorius made history at these Olympics. He was born without fibulas in his leg, that bone that we call the shin. At 11 months of age, his legs were amputated below the knee. Now called the Blade Runner because of his prosthetic legs, Pistorius is the first double amputee ever to compete in the Olympics alongside able-bodied athletes. How does a double amputee achieve such a feat? By being brought up to be, quote, completely normal by his family. No one said, you can't, 
to Oscar Pistorius. In my lifetime, I have been inspired by many such stories of achievement in sports, music, science, and many other fields. The theme that seems to run through all of these stories is the joy and confidence these high achievers have in their endeavors. I never seem to read a story about a world-class sprinter who got there by being threatened if he didn't perform well. The best people in all kinds of activities seem to be the ones who had their own interests and abilities encouraged and refined by knowledgeable educators and trainers who rewarded their efforts. I suppose that if someone pointed a gun at me, I would run faster than I have ever run in my life. But it's not something I want to do every day. That wouldn't be an experience I would look forward to repeating. But rest assured, every time someone pointed a gun at me, I would run as fast as I possibly could. It would be stressful and unpleasant, but I would perform. Sit, down, and come will likely never become Olympic sports for our dogs. But we do have our own forms of canine sports, like obedience, tracking, or agility. How we train and the methodology we use to teach and work with our dogs does make a difference. Trainer and author Melissa Alexander's wonderful article, How You Get Behavior Really Does Matter, talks about the pros and cons of different training approaches. Physical molding, touching the dog, will get different results from luring the dog with food or using shaping to get a behavior. The methods we choose will depend on our knowledge and skills as trainers, the dog we are working with, and the kinds of results we are trying to achieve. As mammals, our dogs do have their ideas and opinions about the world. How we go about teaching them behaviors and how we go about asking for those behaviors will have an impact on how they see us as their caretakers. That will matter more to some people than it does to others, I suppose, but the fact remains that our behavior will almost certainly influence our dog's behavior. Although training is a mechanical skill, the environment we create with our dog as we are training them can have a profound impact on their motivation for performing what we teach them to do. Just as our work environment can have an effect on our mood and our quality of work, our dog's work environment will affect them as well. Unfortunately for our dogs, they can't always predict when they are on the job and when they are not. Motivation gets to the heart of an important question. Why is our dog responding when we ask them for a behavior? So far as I have been able to discern, there are basically two primary reasons for our dogs to respond when we ask for a behavior. Our dogs can perform what we ask for intentional reasons, or they can do so for indirect reasons. Let me give you an example of what I mean. If I have guests coming to my house for the weekend, I will spend a few hours cleaning bedrooms, bathrooms, and kitchens, etc. I will do a decent job, and it will take a while, but I'm doing all of that work for an indirect reason. I want to avoid the embarrassment of my guests seeing an untidy house. By contrast, I have friends who make a regular practice of keeping an orderly and tidy house. They do this intentionally, because the rewards of living every day in a tidy home are enough to keep them happily cleaning. I think dogs perform behaviors for either of these same two motivations. They either sit or come when we ask, because they intend to, 
or because they are indirectly trying to change something unrelated to the behavior at hand. While the resulting behavior, the sit or the come, may look very similar regardless of the dog's motivation, what is actually going on can be different. That may affect the likelihood of our dog responding in the future, their willingness to work with us, or even the precision that they bring to that behavior over the long term. What I mean by intentional behaviors from our dogs is simply that the dog responds to our cues because they want to respond. The behavior is rewarding to them. That reward may be a food treat, a pat on the head, a kind word, or a bit of playtime with their human. It may even be the satisfaction of doing something they know well and have been rewarded for in the past. It is something offered by the dog with no strings attached. We ask, they respond, good dog, here's your reward. Like my aversion to feeling awkward in front of a guest in a messy home, indirect behaviors are performed to avoid something. If I ask my dog to sit and yank on his collar if he doesn't, my dog may come to perform the sit behavior promptly, but he is doing so in order to avoid getting his collar yanked. So his performance is really just an indirect attempt to avoid something unpleasant. His mind isn't really on the sit so much as it is on avoiding the yank. Another type of indirect behavior is an escape behavior. We ask our dog for a behavior, and when they don't comply, we start to move toward them or pull the leash or poke them. In order to stop the unwanted thing we are doing, the dog will offer the behavior we asked for to escape the unpleasant thing. But a sit is a sit is a sit, right? Well, maybe. Over time, indirect behaviors can vary slightly. Perhaps my dog learns that I will wait if he wiggles before sitting. That wiggle may become a strategy to get me to stop nagging him and still get a little time to finish sniffing. These changes happen over periods of months or even years, and because they are an indirect strategy on the part of my dog, I may not even notice the change until his performance has become unsatisfactory to me. I am left to wonder, what's wrong with this dog? Maybe it's the way I went about training him. I can learn to put my feet in the right places in time to music, but that doesn't mean I'm dancing. I may look like a great dancer, but if my intention is not there, I'm just going through the motions. The difference between me and Oscar Pistorius is that he wants to be running, or I can only run fast if my very life is threatened. If being forced into indirect behavior to avoid something bad produced superior results, you would think that there would be more than one starter pistol at the Olympics and that they would be pointed directly at the athletes. Training our dogs shouldn't just be about getting a result. There are lots of ways to get a result. Shouldn't we be trying to get good results? It's telling that athletes like Oscar Pistorius and Usain Bolt accomplished what they have because they were encouraged and rewarded for their efforts. I think it's the same for dogs. If we teach, encourage, and reward our dogs, we can get intentional behaviors that our dogs will want to give us for a lifetime. To me, that sounds so much better than my dog obeying me just to get me to stop being unpleasant. Until next time, have fun with your dogs.
I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. The new Canine Nation ebook, Dogs As They Are, is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine. Each essay now includes author's notes, and the book includes all new introduction and epilogue essays. You can get Dogs As They Are from the new Canine Nation store. Just go to caninenation.ca forward slash store. We offer Kindle, EPUB, and PDF versions. Or you can click on the store from the menu at the top of the Canine Nation website. Dogs As They Are is also available from most online booksellers, such as Amazon, Kobo.com, and Booktango.com. And it will be coming to other online booksellers, like the Apple iTunes Store, very soon. Just search for Dogs As They Are. It's a great read and only $2.99. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.